Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. This is Series 7, where I get to talk to some amazing athletes that have wild, amazing stories. You're going to be inspired. These are Team Canada's Paralympians, all on on Series 7 of Dropping In. Now, this is Episode 67. Let me introduce the guests that we will be dropping in with today. Our guest just missed out on the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympic Games. Olympic Games as a brakeman, or do we say break woman? I'm not sure, for bobsled due to a torn hamstring. After recovery from that injury, she looked into being a bobsled pilot, but in a matter of months, she was on to a new sport in the velodrome, competing internationally as a cyclist. Winning two medals at the 2015 Pan American Games, silver in the sprint, and clocking a Pan Am record, grabbing the gold in team sprint. The next year, she was racing at the 2016 Rio Olympics. Yes, I said Olympics, not Paralympics. In 2017, she was in a training accident, leaving her unable to walk, talk, or breathe unassisted. She had suffered a severe head injury, and doctors said she would never be able to take part in sports again. Now, we kind of know what happens when doctors say no to athletes like us. She was now diagnosed as an Uh, as epileptic, and she didn't take no for an answer. She was welcomed by the Canadian Paris cycling team, where she set a new world record in the C4 500-meter sprint at the ICU Paracycling Track Championships, winning gold and setting a world record in the 200-meter time trial. She represented Team Canada at the 2020 Summer Paralympics, bringing home silver. This daughter, bobsledder, cyclist, Olympian, Pan American, Pan America champion, world record breaker, Paralympic medalist, does not take no for an answer. Let me introduce Kate O'Brien. Was that a lot? Hi. Was that a lot? Was that a lot? <laughs> it, you say it in such a way, you know. <laughs> yeah, you really do make me sound way more impressive than I am. You are impressive. You don't say no. And I love that about athletes. Like the doctors say, you can't do this. And you're like, oh, let's just stay positive here. Things are going to happen. You amaze me. The doctors really didn't didn't like that so much. Yeah, I like, believe it. Clearly you hit your head. <laughs> yeah. So funny. All right. Kate, are you ready to drop in? We've got 10 rapid fire questions that are never rapid. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm a sprinter. Okay. Number We're born one. Ready. You're... <laughs> I love it. You are a sprinter. Number one, do you have a lucky charm? I, I used to wear a bee, a bee pendant yeah. around neck. Um, but I mean, the day that I had my bike, I wasn't wearing that. So maybe it's a lucky charm. I don't actually know where it went, but and oh. I violet the bunny, the bunny that I travel that with. you take with you. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. she's been to like every major games since March of twenty sixteen. When I heard. 
That's awesome. I love that. So many people have said no. And then we kind of get into like, are you superstitious? Is this like, is there anything? And I was like, I definitely was superstitious. I was like, if I had that thing in my pocket, who knows what it was, I would want it there again for the next day because it went well. I can understand definitely. Hopefully my competitors aren't listening. I am a superstitious human. Like okay. when I would play basketball and I discovered mm -hmm. the phrase, like not in a rude way, but the phrase would, if you like. Yeah. Something, and <laughs> I like that you I specified was... not in a rude way. <laughs> <laughs> How to make sure. Our... Uh, that was group. awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would. Touch wood. Like, down to, the, to touch wood, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would like reach down and tort every time I thought of something and actually funnily enough now that I have epilepsy, but the daughter having seizures because you kept reaching down oh. and touching. I did not. Yes. I was not having so I can laugh now. Mistaken. That's funny. Okay, number two. What is the favorite place that you travel to for either biking or bobsled, and then also just um, another one for pleasure? It's a big question. Um, I, I think like Innsbruck, Austria is a bobsled pit place. Eagles. What about St. Moritz? It has, I was also going to say St. Moritz. You like okay, sorry, Innsbruck. <laughs> really, you really go against St. Moritz. Like, I mean, all of the things about the wealthy and like spending so time and set there's a reason Wonderful. so yeah 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 sorry i interrupted you with track. that innsbruck oh no sandwich in innsbruck whistler actually also is like oh, yeah. one of my favorite tracks like a big fast slide whereas like you know it is like you're in a washing machine I like that you're explaining that because I've never been down a bobsled track and I don't think I could now because of my crash. I think all the rattling would not be great. Mm. <laughs> I, so, I can understand that too. I know. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then what about pleasure? Like just on vacay? Uh, honestly, I my dad lives in England and so I spent a lot of time there as a kid and probably and yeah like I love it this there too. London proper is like a lot of humans a bit much um, it's a lot um, of humans but the south coast whereabouts on the south coast in Sussex teeny town called cool. Selsey with between Portsmouth yeah and Brighton maybe anyway cool very yeah. cool i love it there it's a little bit underrated okay I agree with that uh, totally underrated don't tell anyone world <laughs> we're gonna see I, everyone mm -hmm. going i actually my being from gb we can't discuss <laughs> here your place Sorry. <laughs> a lot of um the paralympians are like beautiful british columbia that's like where they want to be and want to stay. And I, and I get it because it's called beautiful for a reason. <laughs> um, on your license plates. Of course we do. <laughs> 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 uh, 
uh number three where where yeah where in the world are you today in beautiful british columbia in vancouver nice um are you a big city or small town kind of gal small town yeah um okay when you're when you're in the gym do you like to have headphones on or do you like to like hear yourself working out oh i'm a huge headphone person people for sure think that a lunatic because you don't talk to katie (laughs) with her headphones ironically i'm wearing them right now but (laughs) thanks um do you have a favorite race ever, be it bobsled or cycling? I mean, you've been through a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think one of the races that I really loved was, uh, despite all of negative publicity surrounding Sochi, um, we went there for the 23rd. 13 to test out the track at a cup mm-hmm. beforehand and it uh coral and i like worked super well so i thought but um and it was just like a like fight to get to the top and we didn't yum place at any point yeah. um but it was a matter of the fact that we liked doing the sport and we were sort of heating with each other and for each other um yeah. at our highest placing and like i just remember it was it and we were in this new place and trying out this track theoretically we were both going to be going to it uh, for the sochi 2014 mm-hmm. winter olympic yeah that yeah. was a that was a really good Nice. And then cycling? Um, You're wild that you go in that thing. (laughs) In in a bobsleigh or on a bike? All of the above, actually. I thought velodrome, and then I didn't even think about bobsled, and I was like, also wild. Stories surrounding that. I got made fun of a lot, terrified of a velodrome. And they're like, you can't bobsleigh. What's wrong with you? Um, but hopefully London, there was world champ in 2016 and, um, yeah. just before the games and I had missed placing in match and like little new velodrome track cycling in the UK and in Europe is much like Bob's thing. And right. Um, so I fan people at the entrance of the velodrome, and I'm like, "Why are you talking to me?" Awesome. So, and it's a beautiful bell. So yes, so different than being in Canada, where people like they know who you are, but they'll just like whisper it to their friend and won't actually say anything <laughs> to you. <laughs> You're like, "I'm human. You can talk to me. It's okay." <laughs> see you right there talking about it as I walk past. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So before we pressed record, I was talking about your fiance and uh, you guys picked up your wedding dresses today. Did you both get dresses? We did. Yeah. We're going yes. against the grain. 
no, I like both it. to be brides, bridezilla. So <laughs> As you should be. Um, <laughs> number six, where did you guys meet? For the listeners that may not know. We met on the cycling team long before we were partners. Yeah. I like that story, though. Yeah. So cool. Um, number seven, what would be the top place to train in Canada? Is there a velodrome in Canada? Yeah, in Milton, right? It, in Milton. Is that Everyone random that it's in Milton? Milton? <laughs> it was for the Pan Am Games, and okay. they were like the Toronto Games, but they mm-hmm. didn't really have, have space Toronto to put a giant building with a weird track in it, so <laughs> they plunked it just outside of Toronto in Milton. It's lovely. It's a good place to train for. Okay, so other than Canada, where's the best place to train? Ooh, like where's my favorite place to train for yeah, anything? Yeah, traveling for bobsleigh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, I mean, as much as bobsleigh track is like being in a washing machine. That's yeah, you sell me on that one at all. There. <laughs> But that's your favorite to train in? Why? <laughs> well, I like the washing machine thing. Um, it's like sand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get hit injuries in bobsleigh. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, they have good food. They have like a little gym that we went to in the basement of this weird. Like, I don't I think don't I ever went exactly to that gym. Yeah. We went there in like 2002 and I was like, what is this compound? It was so kind of <laughs> ghetto with like, I mean, thank you Lake Placid for hosting us. But I was just like, that was my first time in like an Olympic, I guess, old Olympic place and with the dorm rooms and then the like common room eating area. I was like, is this what it's like to be at college or university? <laughs> Is that what you felt? That's what I felt. So they put uh, our team into the like area. They put us into a hotel. Uh, Bougie. I know. We don't put up with You're bougie. Um, Just say it. It's okay. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Bougie. The fact that one of the boys teams had to eat. (laughs) The guys teams, I remember sitting restaurant in that hotel and they were grumpy this four-man team because they just eat iceberg lettuce because they ate for like because it's a do we know these people you have to make we who do. were they can you it say it was just okay Cripps's four-man yes <laughs> amazing <laughs> and they were so grumpy eating iceberg lettuce just hangry foods. yeah oh my as, gosh like we're eating sandwiches trying to bulk up and they were like chewing on this yeah it was <laughs> lake yeah. placid okay favorite place to train lake placid oh makes me cry it brings back so many memories see i told you these are never rapid it's awesome <laughs> um number eight if you're not training what can people find you doing <sighs> i nap a lot <laughs> i've taken to napping too lately mm. It's, it's pretty good. Positive. Um, I actually texted um, Megan to see if you were still available for this, and she said you were probably napping. <laughs> and 
and she was correct. I love her. <laughs> uh, I do too. That's, you know, keep her. I'll keep her. Hence the wedding. I love you guys are great together. Well, Napping? What else? Do you like any other sports or do you like camping? Um, I like camping mm-hmm. a bit, but the like tent, but like, I don't know. There's, um, I play guitar, but oh, cool. Like, yeah, thing that I occasionally do. Nice. Mm, we have two dogs. They're not actually puppies anymore. They're like two years old. They yeah. have, they're very high maintenance and demand oh, a lot of attention. And what kind are they? They're both rescues. Um, like a mix. So to like put it in, they're the like 16 16 pounds and like wawa yorkie <laughs> like little everything yappy things i love them but <laughs> awesome dog walks all the way they're like epic dog walks like i think that between them and megan they're gonna try and turn them and not gonna happen <laughs> you're like i'm a sprinter remember um yeah, number nine number nine how did the pandemic change your training um man it seems like it started years ago <laughs> i <laughs> know <laughs> but yeah it was like a pretty big change i mean first off the game from when they yeah, were the met to the next year which was Good in, in some cases. Um, yeah, it, it's is diff doing a sport that requires you to be in a small space, like in a velodrome, is definitely right. not friendly, or it friendly. is COVID friendly. Yeah. I guess that's the issue. Um, so that was like <laughs> then it is then just friendly. staying. <laughs> we love COVID at the velodrome. <laughs> Come get COVID at the velodrome. <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, were you allowed to go train as a team there? No. So I was the enabled, as they're now known, not able bodied. Who'd have thought? Um, the enabled team has their hub in at the velodrome, but because no one else was part of that hub, we couldn't go there because it was going to be like coming to bubble. Okay, wait. Rewind. The enabled team. Yes. Yeah. Is that, is that, which team is that? <laughs> the able bodied team. But I guess Megan okay. told me that We're it's not no longer PC able bodied. I still do. Yeah. Because I can't okay. remember what they're called. Um, Okay. Yeah. This is good to know. I'm learning. That's... I love learning. <laughs> Thank well, you, good. Megan. Where is she? <laughs> she I know. She's home. Soon. I'm is sure she the dogs home? will go nuts. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Bring them in. Um, okay. So <laughs> you couldn't go because they were there. Did you go anywhere else during the pandemic to train? No. I was – so Cycling Canada, uh, um, like the para side, 
basically rewind because I am her. I don't do yeah. this like road cycling for six hours at a time. Sounds um, awful. Which Sounds is awful. The... Thank you. Um, and we're, we're like the same. My sport took 30 seconds. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine takes 30 too slow. And that like is exhausting. I did bobsleigh, which was six seconds for a push. So, you know, there you go. Uh, oh my gosh. But yeah, so I basically just, because I'm riding, which is kind of the one place that you could, you know, go without COVID things yeah. being outside. Yeah. Um, I, but I couldn't go to the track. Um, so I just stayed in our way with like a, and um, the para-team sent some Illico weights and this like somewhat terrifying teeny squat rack, which is good if you're using 60 not kilos, but not good 160 kilos. Um, Did it break? It, well, close. Did it? Megan usually taught me. Um, I'm also wondering, like, how much did it cost to send weights in the mail? But I, we don't need to get into that. But that's, yeah. like, where my athlete mind goes. And I'm like, because oh. I know you couldn't get weights anywhere in a store because they were just selling out. Yeah, it was. So props to them, but let's. Took... <laughs> yeah. And our, <laughs> like, living. <laughs> living on the fourth floor apartment building at the time time did you have stairs or did you have an my, elevator we had well it has a it had like we moved from it it has an elevator which and sometimes didn't the and delivery so, man had to carry them up so yeah, we ended up just having to move them like everywhere by hand but then you couldn't leave them set up in the apartment because bedroom and it was just like an open space that was like 400 square feet and mm -hmm. so yeah that was the i didn't I think that we ever left apartment for a year and a half like even to get oh groceries everything was ordering was yeah and you're getting so, married was, you guys made it <laughs> I, oh there were times there were times. you have two dogs for a reason one of you takes one one of them takes the other yeah. True. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> Odin, oh my the, the first is definitely Megan's because okay. he's the endurance one and Ring has like little spurts of energy and then naps the time. So he's mine. There you go. Perfect. All right, last, last non-rapid fire question. I love it. Um, number 10, you've talked about imposter syndrome. Um, going into the Paralympic Games, how did it actually feel once you were at the Paralympic Games? Did that shed off or were you still a little imposter syndrome? It's, that's like, that's a deep a question. A good question to, okay, I feel like I'm in therapy now. So then I was doing, um, <laughs> I think every athlete Doctor. gets imposter syndrome, but yours is like such a different um, experience. It was, yeah. So I basically, I've always had imposter. I was going to like 
post-secondary big time. I was this like bobsled athlete doing this stupid, terrifying sport when is not mainstream and no one could understand. I'll go into the lab every night to look at cells. If that's not an imposter, then what is? Um, then with with Para, I think I did, like you said so kindly in my interview, um, I didn't say no to things. So I always thought, well, I can go back to doing, didn't ever see disabilities as mm -hmm. up to the level that they need to be like crippled para-athlete. I saw it and not as right. downplaying there, but I just felt like I was cheating the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I was classification for para-sports and that's where they make sure that you're not cheating the system by, yeah. you know, looking at your medical exams. And um, when I was first classified, chips was like, well, I get play acted my way to like beating them out of thinking that I, you know, like, because really. And so wait, what was I, your classification? Um. <laughs> Para sports, I'm still learning. Um, every There's event, a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, para sports. You're, you are here uh, to teach us, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my whiteboard? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it, so basically, just to go path, the cycling route is yeah. there's like different. So there's cyclist so if you think of people um who have like paraplegic for example and they lay back don't do right. anything they cycle with their hands um they have impressive upper bodies and can go really fast uh okay. like tricycles so those are that's for like um people's issues yeah. um and then there's the various what they call like regular bike which is what I'm on and it's just as your average track bike which is regular bike which no one aside. owns <laughs> yeah a fixed gear pedaling has no brakes you know danger um, danger danger it's just <laughs> <laughs> okay um and so basically those are I a classification from C1 and so C Five to put it, you know, in the most way is the least disabled. C one is the most. So it's up. okay. Um, so yeah. they thought for sure going to be a C five, if anything. Um, and they really have a hard time getting classified. Like you might not be classifiable, in which case you can't compare. Um, <gasps> and they said, well, you did cycling and athletics so long and it was such a big part of your rehabilitation you might be able to make your way to looking like you don't really and so when I went in for classification will she get classified will she not 
not if I didn't, I would have been sent home, which is understandable. But would that not have been heartbreaking, though? It would have been, but then I wouldn't have felt like an imposter. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. But but um, then would you have gone yeah. like Olympic again? Like, would you been able to do that? It's hard. I think. I don't know. I don't know what the times of cycling are. The velodrome basically baffles my mind. It's very odd. That's still <laughs> my goal. To enabled sport as, as well as Paris, but Paris okay. like where my heart lies now. But I ended up being classified as a C4. So I was more disabled. Is this because of the epilepsy or is this because of the head? So the, my epilepsy from my head injury, but epilepsy is not a para thing. You okay. can't just because you have epilepsy in okay, any so sport. It doesn't. How did you get this? Doesn't. It's because I have um, from my head injury, like hemiparesis, which basically no idea what one means. side <laughs> hemiparesis. No. Um, doesn't everybody know? Hemi will now paresis um <laughs> basically one side so my the right side of my body because it was the, my brain that got bumped um, yeah the right body doesn't work as well neurologically as the left side and okay um so it's basically someone who someone who's had a stroke and like yeah one side body is so that's basically um and that it, you don't have to have that specific to be um, in classes, but that's just one. Basically, two limbs affected puts you as a Right. Yeah. yeah. I do like they on the website, they do do good descriptions of like the classifications as well. Sad about of? that because I often have to look them up because I'm like, what am I again? What is, right. what is this? Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I, I ended up being read um, at, at Tokyo at the Vel and because I had a at the game up to my class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shut so, up. So yeah, they, they you start training okay. and then you downstairs for your follow up appointment and reclassified me and certified me as. Um, C four, so theoretically, I shouldn't shouldn't have. Wait, to you were a C four. Yeah, so they you kept were a C four. Same. Oh, oh, I thought they were gonna do something drastic. They they, <laughs> they could. You could be not classifiable. You could so this all. Wait, but you could be at the games. You could be at the games, and then they like check you, and then they're like, "Meh, not today." <laughs> I bet you so many people didn't know that. I didn't know that. How many people know that? That's ridiculous. Uh, it's, I, I also, so just know part of the story I did NAS for athletics. Um, okay. Like in Langley, in Vancouver, so for track and field. Yeah. And that requires classification. They can't just use your classification from. Um, okay. And that was also. Basically, cycling also seemed to have a thing where any neurological things, a uh, traumatic brain injury, yeah. it's 
it doesn't always stay the same. It's like right. up or down, but might switch. So right. in as I was yeah. classified as a 37, but any 30s, uh, um, always under review. So every competition, they will look at you between. So you could have trained. Because it could. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. And so that's basically what it was like for leading into Tokyo. And then I felt even more like an imposter when I reclassified as a C4 at the games. So. Wait, they just like put it, they said it again. <laughs> you didn't it, change. I know, but I don't, You didn't I get better. I good actor. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> bless your heart bless your heart you are one in a million um well we just we we only just finished the rapid fire i can tell you that much it's never rapid that was awesome i do want to talk about um the difference from olympics and paralympics and your experiences there um like paralympics is such a different ball game but very similar right like but now you're training with a, a whole different crew. Yes. It's um, winter to summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a you know big difference. I was like, what is this heat thing? Hot and so what are what Bobsley the track cycling was a big uh a big change. But, but the Rio the Rio games like you have that, like, the real games, you know what it's like to be at the Olympics for Team Canada. I think Team Canada does such a great job at the Olympics of, like, getting Team Canada to be, like, this family. Um, I know it's different at the summer games because there's so many athletes. What were the the similarities and what were some differences from Olympics to Paralympics for you, would you say? They are – very very similar um cool. to be totally honest a big thing parasite that i have found in like my honest experience that in team canada um part of, like any team that i've been a part of has never up to the cohesiveness and work that the para um, team, like it's easily the best team. And the Paralympic Games, so they like a vibe that you just, just like, I'm very, very grateful that I got to that and um, read all the flack that they took for their poor, games it was really good they did a really good job and Tokyo did an amazing job as well but I think there's about being part of it seemed almost like the teams were team which at at the pair games yeah and when you're in the village um, at the para games, is the team just that much smaller? Yes. So Tokyo was a bit um, 
funny velodrome was outside. We were in a satellite village. Um, yeah, it was outside of the main um, village just because it was up in the tin. So we had a we had a better view as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it might have been cooler, I, right? Would have been cooler up there because it was really cooler. hot. Okay, I think it was cooler. I, I remember. Yeah, it was hot then. But you were was is it air conditioned in the velodrome? It so that's about a velodrome. It can be. Okay. The hotter it is, the so they try and keep it hot. hot. Oh my god! Do you ever pass <laughs> out in that? <laughs> Uh, a lot of you see it's funny because you see <laughs> all the coaches up on the apron, like which is just the bottom of the velodrome track, with their little fan measuring the wind <laughs> flow <laughs> and like the temperature, what equipment you use, and like yeah, it's pretty funny. We are getting the inside scoop, the things I did not know about. I had I've had Georgia on and I don't I don't know. I didn't know I hadn't watched Velodrome before and I have so much respect for you guys. Yes. Oh, okay. You so it's gotta Velodrome be hot. Too. Yes. It has oh my to be hot and like not it's a very odd sport. Like I bobsleigh had a lot of equipment, but honestly cycling, like traveling is it has to be be like a hot velodrome and they're very about what doors can open in a drone because it affects the airflow and, and oh. so and then like be faster probably in training like not probably not because you're not using the same equipment and you're into all of these fancy things but theoretically training has air move people on the track who are like this circulating thing whereas when right. you're by yourself on the track during competition you don't have that uh, wait so the people make you faster or slower the people circulating the air because they're also on the track makes it faster yeah okay in competition Wild. or in now, training now sorry. See, because you biked before your accident um, I do want to talk about your skull being um, off of your head because I think that's pretty <laughs> drastic. Um, <clears throat> would you, if you were to compare, like your memory is good. Like you have a good memory. Um, would you <laughs> compare biking before and biking now in the velodrome? Do you see drastic differences? It's hard to say. I'm also in my old age. In my thirties, oh. you know, uh, you're still young. Thanks. I, I hear that people who say I act childish, but I'm okay with it. But I differences for, for sure. Um, and like I definitely am not as fast I once was, but that's a lot of that could have to do with training and okay. back um like when i was first first starting up when all mm -hmm. the doctors were saying don't do this um yeah. i found it challenging because like my center of gravity was a 
different because of my weird sided weakness and I lost steering in um one of my ears and so that had like a huge balance um Mm -hmm. but then once I've kind of don't really feel a lot different I like how much is gone in your right (laughs) in your right ear yeah it's all gone the whole thing yeah, it's oh, uh, hard. To, my brother grew up if, like that, but that's hard to change in your lifestyle. Oh, he's like semi hearing impaired. No, or? left ear, left ear is nothing. He's got nothing in his left ear, but he was born like that, so he doesn't really know any better. But when we sit around mm. a table, we always forget which side not to sit on. <laughs> this happens you know a lot I mean? with me, and so if I don't want to hear what he's saying, and I, you can be strategic. Just, like, what? Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, broken. My broken basal skull went through my like nerve now, and so that okay. was that. Okay, and let's talk about the skull. Um, because when your skull was obviously taken out for pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And when they take it out, there's an option. It's weird that I know this because my friend got hit by a truck and. And she had something similar where they took it out that they can either put it in a glass jar or put it in your body. The body thing? Yes. The body thing? Cree the F out. Me too! (laughs) What is that weird bump in your stomach? Oh, it's it's my skull. Yeah. (laughs) how you explain that to people i'm just carrying my skull no biggie i was tired of having it in my head so you know oh, a so skull and, you know so what did you opt for not the stomach so in in fairness luckily um for my sake i didn't opt for anything because i was out of it oh, okay. um to, was my poor mom and Nan and my friend Kath. Bless their heart. Had to, yeah. I guess that they um, initially, uh, okay, she's fine. Like we'll put her in the ICU, and she should be. Yeah. We have like a see pressure monitor in her brain. We stick it in there. I don't know how they do it. And, but we'll keep an eye on it. And if the pressure gets too high, then we'll have to like figure something out. And yeah. so then that, that night, the pressure got too high. The neurosurgeons were, and they said, this is an unusual thing. It's kind of our only option. Do you consent to this to my mom? Yeah. That's what they did. So I, and they took out this piece of skull and put it in a Ziploc bag it in foil or something and threw it into the fridge at the Foothills Hospital for its <laughs> so wild so wild and then now then the option is to have that be put back in or a prosthetic yes so, so they offer a prosthetic they prefer to put okay. your own bone back in if there's any being alive being able to whatever that is 
Okay. Um, yeah. it, it will never be the same, but basically, like for me, there's, there's always a risk of eventually just, like it doesn't ever grow back together. Okay. So it might just wear out from what they've used with their fancy screws and all of that. Wait, um, what? And that's the <laughs> yeah, I have like, like, you know. No, but some... it'll wear out? What do you mean? Like the, the stuff that's holding it I... together will wear out and like... then your skull will fall out. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> sure this is where I should bring Megan in if she's um, <laughs> um yeah basically like you don't nothing like there's nothing attached in your bone but it detached to itself so yeah yeah so, like yeah. it can just sort of disintegrate a little bit okay okay and I'm gonna be watching your skull like, my friend <laughs> thanks I'm I worried I'm worried it's so good though oh um does that hurt yeah. touching no. it is it well, numb? Funny feeling at the incision, but yeah, I don't know. Wow. I can feel like the little Tiffany jewels they put in. Um, but what does that yeah. mean, Tiffany jewels? Oh, like um, the hardware, the hardware. The yeah, I, you can feel this. Call them Tiffany jewels because it makes me sound fancy. I so. absolutely respect that completely, as you should. <laughs> yeah, they oh would put. Or like a fancy carbon thing. Okay, they ever cool. discovered that the bone didn't didn't stick, but fine Amazing. so far. Oh well, you've been through a lot, my friend, and you got a silver at the Para Games. Are you looking to keep it going? And you did talk about Olympics again. What do we expect? <laughs> um. So I. You're like the, is it day by know, day? First one to hear. Um, it is day by day. I'm aiming for. We have world championship uh, for para in Paris this year um, in October, and then yeah. there's Olympic Games in Paris in 2024, which are definitely what I'm aiming for. So I'm aiming for like holding on until then. I'm getting yeah. it. Yeah into this um like track and field and okay that the my like big, big sort of underlying goal is to my as i said i have enifer being a para athlete and i'll mm -hmm. always consider myself a para athlete um yeah but being part of enabled able bodied uh team and doing yeah. back olympics paralympics in paris would be the, the big goal so okay so what would you in paris mm -hmm. you would do olympics and paralympics that would be is like in cycling say because yes in cycling. Then, so yeah Dude, that's freaking rad. Has anyone ever done that before? I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure like it's... some other reporter will figure that out and be like, this is groundbreaking. But for me, it's freaking groundbreaking because you're my friend and I think that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I I have no idea if it will happen. It's uh 
sort of an amazing goal though yeah i'm not i'm not aiming for you know more letters behind my name and be like two-time olympian two-time paralympian but it's more just do what i am trying to do in the parallels i if i could get back to having my starting 50 meters be as far as it was that would be very helpful for my 500 yeah and if that was fast could go back to doing i mean obviously out of competition from the rest of the the canadian cycling team but go back to being starter which is what i got the pan-american record in so i'm so hyped for you this is awesome (laughs) you have like you you've come through so much and to follow your journey is is something everyone should be doing because you're so inspiring and i love the the athleticism of not saying like there's no no there's just yes (laughs) well to most things It's very kind. Uh, that's like a, a big thing. If I don't want to interrupt, you know, the the questions. Um, but I was getting the one, one thing, sort of a huge co-message that I'm learning in my old age slash with, you know, my injuries and what, and you probably know, amateur athletics is really not what you think like people who go into amateur athletics thinking oh this is going to be so fun and do these things and it's all great and amazing like there are times where to put it bluntly it fucking sucks like yeah. and there's a lot of, and a lot of difficulty with you know friends and coaching and money and um mm-hmm. i think thing in bobsley i did it because i loved it and mm-hmm. first recruited to track cycling i did it because i loved it as i got you know more experienced and old and um i i didn't like it anymore i want to do track cycling um yeah with this kind of being forced out of out of the game for a couple of my injury that i thought I do miss this actual sport. So I'll go back into it, but I'm not getting sucked back into the drama this stuff. And the and politics. Like, yeah. And I, it definitely wasn't easy. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're not alone out there. Can I just I, tell you that? Because <laughs> I remember I spoke to um, a plethora of the Rio athletes after 2016. And on a panel and I looked at the room and I said, you all have one thing in common. You hate your national sport organization. Everyone looked at each other and laughed. And I was like, yeah, it's not easy for any of us. But I've been um, chair of the Athletes Council for Canada Snowboard for six years to try and be like, remember, you're here for the athletes. You mm-hmm. have this because of the athletes. And uh, so I think if we have more people like that kind of trying to make yeah. things better it, it will make a big difference mm-hmm. in the long run but it's going to take a while i agree yeah and i think that's like you know, it's it's hard and i'm sure you know too with your injuries and stuff when your team 
want you back. Like I, I was, you're not the priority, huge liability. Mm-hmm. We want anything to do with me. I don't even really think I got the feeling we can only say certain things based on, you know, mm-hmm. athlete agreements and stuff. Yeah. Like they didn't quite a challenge for me to get back on that I team. I can't wait until you're back. And I can't <laughs> stick it to the legs. That's what I like. Yeah. I, they told me that I had to retire. They're like, you should retire the doctor and the high performance manager. And I was like, I'm going to have to get you guys to stay positive here. Like, you're not kicking me off the team. <laughs> and then they're like pulling. They're like, please just leave. <laughs> I know I'm not going anywhere. Oh, gosh. Good yeah. times. Yeah. Isn't it Good. fun being an athlete? There is a it reason is. we stay yeah. in it. It's because mm-hmm. it's a passion and we do love it until we don't anymore and then we move on. Yeah. And I think that's like a huge thing is it's also okay to be and be like an up and come and be like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And just to say, you don't have to do it. Like you're not so much choice. is put on, you know, having, as I said, these like letters behind degrees or OLY or PLY. You have a lot of letters. <laughs> you, have, you have, you have at least six letters that I know of behind your name. Thanks. Kate O-L-Y and P-L-Y. Yeah. I have, yeah. you know, B-S-C, <laughs> M-S-C, if you really wanted to get in. Okay, you have more letters than your name, which is fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I thank you so much for sharing your experiences. And honestly, you're one of the only people that I think I know that has done an Olympics and a Paralympics and kind of – figuring out the differences between them and the similarities and what you're up to next. It's just inspiring for all of us to keep listening and following. So where can people follow you online if they'd like to see what you're up to? I uh, am on Instagram as empty. There's a big story. Why is it empty, Kate? (laughs) During Bobsley, I was, (laughs) during Bobsley, I was wearing a hoodie and, the boys came and like to this little like oh, I don't yeah, know yeah, like, like a... closed in thing. Yeah. My pilot um, Jenny posted that picture on her Instagram. Instagram, and her friend commented, "Ah, empty Kate." And then the comment underneath was, "Oh, Kate, it auto corrected." Oh. And so then when I joined, <laughs> yeah. So now I'm just. It had to be empty. I like yeah, that story. Twitter is the same, so I I think I'm Kate on Twitter. So keep it the same. Keep it the same. Anything else you want to share with our listeners and viewers? No, I am super super grateful. You're like you know we're friends, but you're one of my idols. You're like such a little human. Just saying. Oh, um, and thank you. So yeah, I am very. I was very happy to to come. Um, I'm to to anyone reaching and you know asking questions or asking you know what's my favorite sandwich or <laughs> yeah. And you'll do speaking engagements too, right? Almost they'll be amazing. Oh, yeah. But I'll I'll ramble. I'm I'll pretty sure they're <laughs> gonna be amazing. 
amazing. What your, <laughs> your story is amazing. Thank you, Kate, so much for dropping in. And I can't wait to have you on again. This was so fun. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Thiessen, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.